0: Broadcasting from the Annie Up! Studio, it's the longest-running poker podcast for the everyday poker player, with your host, Joe Scale.
1: Hello, A-Team. It's Friday, February 16th. Welcome to the Annie Up! Poker Podcast, where every hand is an opportunity, every player is a friend, and every episode is a winning experience. I'm your host, Joe Scales, and admittedly, I am kind of a stats nerd. <laughs> I have all these stats that come in for the podcast and for the magazine, email stats, and I I pour over these stats like there's going to be a test or something. I, I try to figure out, what do you guys like? What is it that you don't like as much? And then I can change things accordingly, right? Well, one of the stats is the podcast ranking. And thanks to you guys, the Annie Poker Podcast ranked number 12 in the leisure hobby category. Now, (laughs) you may think, how many are in that category? And while I don't know the answer to that, I do know that the ranking had the top 200. So there are at least that many. So our ranking is a direct result of you guys listening and recommending us to others. And I would, of course, ask that you keep doing that. Keep listening. Keep talking about us. Rate the show on whatever device you listen on. All of those things. And seriously, thank you so much for being a part of the A-Team and submitting Hands of the Week and Call the Floors and questions and segment ideas, which, by the way, I'm still working on a few of those. I will tell you... I actually have so many pieces working in the background and I cannot wait to let you guys in on some of those, but in due time, in fact, <laughs> I think, I think we start the show before I say too much. So let's get on with the show.
0: Find out what conversations are happening around the poker table with Tabletop.
1: We are back around the poker table with Elle.
2: Happy freaking Friday. I am fantastic. (laughs) It has not been a great, super fun midwinter for us with the crud. And I'm finally starting to feel a little bit better. I know I said that last week, but then I crashed again during uh, Super Bowl weekend and finally back on the upswing. And um, I've been looking forward to go seeing our granddaughter play soccer tonight. Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. <laughs> That's going to be so much fun.
2: Also, almost three, guys. So when we say we're play- she's playing soccer, uh, she's learning the game. She's putting her uh, feet on the ball. She's kicking cones over. It's just yeah. going to be fun. I can't <laughs> it's wait. It's going
1: to be a bunch of kids running around to kick the ball f- five feet. <laughs> it's going to be great.
2: Learning the basics. I cannot wait. So... Um, Yeah, it's been a great week, and we've got some fun stuff to look forward to this weekend.
1: Speaking of kicking a ball.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) The Super Bowl was last weekend, and let me tell you what. It was another, I mean, just record-smashing year.
2: That's what I've heard.
1: 68 million Americans bet on the Super Bowl. Damn. And it was something like $23 billion was wagered, which... I guess according to statistics, that's up forty four percent from last year. So,
2: well, I mean, you are hosting the game in the most betting city,
1: the gambling mecca.
2: Yes, I also have heard it was the most watched Super Bowl in history. Which, I mean, don't they say that every year?
1: I, yeah, I mean, maybe I don't know. I I'm gonna look it up real quick. Viewers of Super Bowl twenty twenty four edition of the Super Bowl had 123 million viewers, making wow. it not only the most watched Super Bowl in history, but also the most popular TV program of all time in the U.S.
2: Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was a good one to watch. I mean, nail-biter at certain points. I was standing on the couch. I don't do that. I don't stand on furniture. But I did the <laughs> I Super Bowl. Was... i tell you. And it, I surprised myself. Everybody in the room looked at me like, what are you what is, doing? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm standing on the couch. What am I doing? <laughs>
1: what yeah. And, uh, you know, leading up to the Super Bowl, we mentioned last week that Lee Steinberg charity tournament. I still don't know how much they raised, but...
2: Some well-known pros were, were at the game. And so, yeah. I mean, with those types of names and attendance, I'm super excited to hear what they raised so, more to come um, uh, about numbers raised at that game.
1: Yeah. Nothing more to talk about there. We can move on from the Super Bowl. Uh, and then... <laughs> uh,
2: no way, Jose. You and I have our own battle. Who is buying dinner tonight, Joe? Who's buying dinner tonight?
1: I don't know what you're talking about.
2: That would be you. Not <laughs> me, but you. Because I could, But... In the betting that we had, we guys, we bet on dinner. If you didn't listen to last week, um, we put our own bets on all the random things, like how long is Reba going to sing and what kind of Gatorade is going to get splashed or, you know, is Usher going to wear sunglasses? So we answered all these wild questions and winning.
1: Five to three. Yeah.
2: Over here. some of them we just were both wrong.
1: Yeah. And some of them we Those both got right. So. Right.
2: so <laughs> that I was the most surprised on was uh, Purple Gatorade. Never would have thought Purple Gatorade, number one. Um, Number two, I totally just fell sucker to all of the hype with uh, with Taylor Swift and was she going to be there or not. So I really didn't think she was going to make it on time. I just love that she's bringing more viewers and that uh, daughters and dads are hanging out watching the game together. I mean, even on Saturday last weekend, we went to to a Mexican restaurant and w- as we're walking in, ran into a family we know and their daughter's 12. She's got her Taylor Swift sweatshirt on. And I was like, have you heard she's on the plane? And she's like, <laughs> yes, I've in 13 hours. And I was like, I think she's going to make it. And she's like, I know. I mean, it's just so fun it is fun when people get excited about something and they're learning something new. I get it. It's not who you want to see at a football game all the time, traditionally, but I think it's been great.
1: Yeah. I think the main thing is the, the kids being able to just sit down and watch that with their dad or, um, family. And that's, that's cool. I I enjoy that. Uh, but I did let you talk me into the under, I think. You know, I should have stuck to my guns on that one.
2: <laughs> you trying to um, back that and get out of buying dinner?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, the one that surprised me, well, first of all, you deserve to lose a point just because of how badly you missed the over-under of the, how many songs Usher was going to play.
2: You're just as sore loser (laughs) one of the worst losers you're buying dinner you're not getting i don't care how many things you think i thought i talked you into or (laughs) extra points for the bottom line is i won five to three move on
1: well and you could have won by more if you would have just stuck to your own guns and um the first vegas landmark shown i can't believe you didn't say the sphere and i really
2: going to go traditional. I mean, that's why it's a bet. That's why it's a guess. It was fun. I, we need to do it next year. Can we please do this every year and just wager different? Okay. All right. I can't wait to eat dinner. It's going to taste so much better tonight. <laughs> 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 oh, gosh. Hey, but speaking of games, Game of Gold Season 2 is happening, and we've been watching this. We didn't um, watch the reunion. They had Didn't they have a reunion this week? Yeah. I think we did. Um, if if you haven't watched the whole season one fast forward like 15 seconds because i'm getting ready to reveal who won um way to go maria ho hell yeah, yeah. style poise grace kicked ass the way she handled jungle at the table i was just <laughs> i wanted to hug her myself at the end of that battle right there but you know a way to go maria ho um also, you're all over the place right now. She she was uh, out in Vegas playing last weekend at that charity tournament with Lee Steinberg. She's in um, Paris this week playing at the European Poker Tour. I want to tune in and see some of those uh, hands and see what's going on. So I'm um, excited to watch Game of Gold Season 2. It is happening.
0: Super
1: yeah,
2: exciting.
1: I'm excited too. And also, I'm sure that she will be making her way back to vegas come may 28th now she'll probably miss the first couple of weeks but she will be in vegas for the world series of poker which we now know as of today yeah they released their schedule as of today we already knew it was going to be may 28th through july 17th that part we knew Mm -hmm. now we have a little more specifics and um we know that the main event will start july 3rd now It's going to have four starting flights as normal, but the final table will be July 16th through the 17th. I want to look at this a little bit deeper because, like I said, this schedule literally came out today.
2: Yeah. Book your hotel rooms, book your flights right now because they're going to start going quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but the takeaways from what I have seen so far with just a brief look through the schedule— Okay. They added a $5,000 buy-in for seniors. Sweet. And by the way, seniors are 50 plus. So um, go. that's me. In. <laughs> and uh, they added, this one's crazy to me. This one is insane to me. They added a PLO double board bomb pot tournament.
2: That just sounds like they're going to need a lot of people paying attention to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, first of all, I've never seen this in a tournament tournament setting it's always been in a cash game setting that i've seen it right there's there's gonna be chips flying everywhere that is gonna be insane
2: yeah that's what i mean they gotta have people watching they're gonna have to be paying close attention that structure is gonna have to be tight and clean
1: yeah yeah and they've got a uh um uh, well apparently they're having sponsored events now which is new
2: out what up we're writing the WSOP letter. I would love to sponsor an event this year, even if it's a small one. How fun would that be?
1: Yeah, especially a small one. I would love to sponsor, like, you know, we're for the Everyday Poker Player. I want to sponsor a tournament for the Everyday Poker Player.
2: That'd be awesome. So stay tuned. We'll check that out and get, get you some information back when we have that. I also, um, I looked at this with you. So uh, Independence Day Celebration, there's an $800 buy-in. That's event number 80. And, um... That looks. I mean, it's nice that since during July fourth that they would do something for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they're having a one thousand dollar buy-in no limit hold'em tournament during the main event.
2: Well, super exciting. We now know May twenty eighth to July seventeenth. All eyes are going to be on Vegas for the WSOP and um, final table. July sixteen to seventeen booked. Book that on your calendar, bookmark it, put it. Put a reminder something so you now know that you have the date. Um, but also, I mean, I just want to take the chance to reiterate, we're going to be on the move too. It, we ha- You were in Vegas in December. I wasn't able to join you on that trip. Um, we've taken January and February to kind of regroup. Um, we're actually going to head to pick up our branded tables within the next month, which yep. I'm super excited about. Uh, so that our poker tour series is going to pick up. Um, we're going to be in Louisiana. We hope to be in Schenectady, New York this year. And uh, a few other appearances. Chicago. Within. Yeah, in Chicago, well, April, we're going to be there for the Camp One Step Charity Tournament. Code ANTI up 50 if you're coming. Put it in. It's $50 off. If you're the first 100 people signed up for the tournament, you get an extra, is it 5,000 chips? Yep. Yeah, do it. Do it, do it, do it. Come meet us in Chicago.
1: Try to knock me out of the tournament.
2: Yeah, great prizes. If you knock Joe out, you'll get an amazing prize. He's a, he's a bounty in that tournament. Um, And then we're even going to be playing on the water. So we've got the cruise coming up. Lots of exciting things. Our magazine just came out a couple weeks ago for this month. Check it out there. And um, lots of really cool poker going on right now. Really great stuff.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, we've got a lot of things happening behind the scenes right now, too, with Annie Up. So, I, when we when we talked to Trooper, um, the, the big thing of advice that Trooper said was don't tell everybody what you're doing too far in advance. <laughs> so, I'm not going to reveal everything, but we do have some great things happening in the background, so...
2: More to come. Stay
1: tuned. We're going to keep growing in 2024.
2: For sure. Well, let's go watch our granddaughter play soccer.
1: All right. Well, let's do it again next week.
2: Always a pleasure being around the table with you, Joe.
0: Likewise. Now it's time for Call the Floor with Elliot Schechter.
1: Elliot Schechter is the poker room manager for Rivers Casino in Schenectady, New York. He joins us each week to say how he would rule on situations that come up in your games, and he's with us again this week. Elliot, how's it
3: going there? Things are going pretty well. It's nice to be indoors. It's uh, below freezing with a bad wind chill, so it's uh, not entirely pleasant <laughs> out there. It looks beautiful. You guys are bright blue. Really? Oh, yeah. It's gorgeous out there. Yeah. Well,
1: I, I forget that other places are still having winter because it seems to have skipped over where I'm at. <laughs> well,
3: we did get very lucky. The the big snow that hit the, the major cities on the East Coast uh, missed us by just a few miles. So we, got, we ended up with zero snow and what could have been a, f- a whole foot. So, yeah, we got very lucky in that regard. Uh, yeah. But if you're going to have
1: cold, I mean, you might as well have a little bit of snow that you can...
3: <laughs> no, no, you really don't have to. It's optional. <laughs> I
1: decline. Well, we have an interesting call the floor this week. It's sent in by Todd Lamansky. He he's talking about a situation that he's never encountered before. It's the final table of an eleven hundred dollar horse event, and the dealer high cards for the game, which starts on one of the stud variants.
3: So in this situation, what they mean is they're drawing for their game in rotation. So you're playing a five-game rotation, H-O-R-S-E, you know, Hold'em Omaha Rats Stud, Stud or Better, or Heroes, or they mix it up a little. So you're mixing up the plaques, and then you're choosing the game and when to start the rotation from there. So you're not changing the order of the rotation. You're just figuring out what, which one of the five legs you're using first and moving on to. So if you draw the third leg, the next leg is four. The next leg is five, and then back to one. You're not changing the order. You're just figuring out which game is starting first. If well, there's three studs and two two board games, so the odds are they were going to hit a stud. That's the yeah. way it works.
1: Well, and also, why did that? Why did we change from horse to some of these other variants too?
3: Because in horse, it puts the two board games in consecutive order, and then the three stud games in consecutive order. And when you change it to heroes, it obviously. Uh, changes that order so that the board games aren't back-to-back and then the stud games aren't in uh, the old low-high, high-low order as in horse. So it changes it up to make it a slightly more fair and enjoyable experience. Generally, horse events, hero events are are dealt eight-handed and the back-to-back board games, almost invariably, most of the tables are seven-handed due to uh, players being eliminated or seats not being sold yet, players were getting socked by blinds to the point where they were losing more chips than the other players at the table just by virtue of the seat they were sitting. So you change it up; it 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 distributes the small and big blinds more fairly and doesn't detract from the game. So there was a really good reason to change up the order.
1: Well, in in this case, after they've decided on one of the stud variants then they high card for the button it'll be in seat one when the game changes to hold them but seat two busts before that happens so is there a dead small or does seat three assume the small blind
3: okay well this one is pretty simple there is no dead small um... It's a final table. Everybody redrew their seats. You're restarting the tournament from that spot, obviously, at the same time on the clock. Uh, Nobody's getting dealt out here. There is no dead small. You're not waiting to get somebody in. So as nobody in this particular grouping at this table has posted any blinds yet, there should be two blinds after the button. Whichever two players are left after the button are the small and big in consecutive order. That is the correct way to deal with this. It's the simplest way to deal with it. There needs to be two blinds. Everybody needs to get a hand. Nobody should be dealt out. It's a tournament. You can't not just deal somebody out. I mean, he would never get eliminated. I mean, what if he showed up to the final, you can just deal me out. I'll wait for the button to pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seven people you know, Oh, you can deal me in now. Now that you're down to heads up, you're playing for second place. That can't work. So, yeah, everybody's getting a hand. Everybody's getting dealt in. Has to be two blinds. Two people after the button are going to take the blinds. That's the simplest player. right? It's the same principle as in the, before the tournament. And that's what's happening here. When you're breaking a table and distributing those players, because there's enough seats to, to close that table and lose the dealer. Every, every player you're dispersing to another table can inherit any seat at the table, except between the small blind and the button, which means a, a new player to that table can take the small blind. The same principle applies Everybody's a new player to the table. Therefore, they can all take the small blind. Right. It's pretty simple. There must be two blinds. Everybody must get a hand. Once once you use those two pieces of logic, your two givens, to get to your conclusion, the conclusion's easy. It's inescapable. <laughs> but it stays where it is. The two people after the, blind, after the button have the blinds move on with life. So again, it's pretty simple. The only thing that's different is when... You're moving a player into a spot where, like this, whoever just had the big blind proceeds to bust. So you're moving a player, you're balancing. You're not breaking a table, you're merely balancing. Or even if you were breaking a table. Let's say you were. Uh, but you're moving a table for balance. You're moving him to the big blind, worst possible position. If there's a dead small at that table, you're not moving him into the small blind, you're moving him into the big blind. He didn't, you didn't, him off the table to miss his big blind so we can avoid the big blind in the next table (laughs) he would take the big blind next to the button then the button would remain dead and then he would have the small blind and the guy next to him would have the big blind after that so either way uh, you're not running with the dead small Uh, worst case scenario you're going to decide that okay we're going to make the person next to the button take the big blind and then there will be two blinds the next hand or you're just going to have two blinds after the button those are the only two conclusions you can come to. Uh, the best one in this spot, obviously, at a final table, is to just run the two blinds after the button. But you're not going to have a dead small, and you're not going <laughs> to, you're not going to deal somebody out. So it's pretty right. simple there.
1: Well, and and in this case, you know, whenever you're at a final table, then everybody at the table has their opinion on how it should run. They were the players were all split on this four, four, and four.
3: Welcome to (laughs)
1: Mixed Yeah, (laughs) but they also made the same ruling as you did, you know, that everybody got a blind. Seat three assumed the small blind and seat four became the big blind. And then in order to avoid the scenario in the future, they also established a new protocol, which was that if the final table begins with a stud variant, the dealer won't high card for the button until it's necessary, meaning when the hold'em begins.
3: <laughs> well, apparently, they came up with that ruling just to make people feel better about themselves because drawing for the button immediately or drawing for the button until when you finally hit a board game, it still has the same effect as who's seated and who's not. There, nothing changed. If you're ruling it correctly, you didn't need to delay drawing for the actual dealer button. For the board games, because you were still going to treat it the same, you were going to have two blinds after the button, you were going to move on, right? So, I'm glad they made the players feel better, but at some point, common sense gets to actually, you know, be the basis of the rules that we follow. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of silly,
1: you know. The it's always interesting when we get hands that are sent in by anyone working in a casino setting because. They have afterwards. a different perspective than the player at the table,
3: and especially when it comes to dealers. Yeah, they're almost spectators because once they give the information requested of the floor, they don't have any role other than to follow an order and move a card or the button, or or just do what they're told. Uh, if it's a supervisor, it's good to get a second opinion. I'm glad that they're writing in too. Yeah, this is a unique one. It doesn't come across and generally. Uh, the few times I've seen it, uh, like I said, we've had uh, two blinds. And new players can inherit the small blind, therefore, and boom, uh, you move on with two blinds. You're, you can't deal anybody out. But you certainly don't want to stop the action to deal for another button again. I mean, you already had the clock paused. You don't want to pause it again just for this. Right. I mean, you've got to keep the breaks on schedule, especially if there's a potential dinner break coming up, you know? You don't want people to get the lead.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a whole other part of it that someone like me, you know, from a player standpoint, I don't, I, those are the things I'm not thinking about. I'm obviously I want to have my breaks when I, when they come up on, on in a timely manner and, and all, but when I'm thinking about this particular situation that affects those things and you don't really consider that when you're thinking, oh, well, we can just stop the clock and high card for the button later, but then we're pushing everything again. So you do that enough times,
3: eventually you're like, why haven't we eaten?
4: <laughs> well,
3: another big question. How come we haven't played a hand yet? What, what are yeah. we stopping for now? Yeah. I mean, those are valid questions and players are asking them all the time. Trying to round up the bodies to, to get that t- final table restarted is hard enough. Now you've got to worry about stopping it again. Once you're in motion, uh, defying the the actual laws of gravity and physics is tough in every instance, but certainly when it comes to poker players. (laughs) But, yeah, when making any decision, you've got to work your way forward, not backward. You start at the beginning. We know we want everybody to get a hand. We know we want there to be two blinds at least after the button. Uh, Big blind Annie, obviously, and no limit pot limit. Uh, you want there to be two blinds after the button. You want everybody to be dealt in. We need a solution that obviously satisfies those two conditions that cannot be broken. Well, don't make things hard on yourself. Don't make things complex. Don't overthink them. Don't don't always try to be the yes man or try to make everybody happy. You're never going to please everybody. All you can do is, is be fair, uh, use common sense, and, and stick to the rules and principles that, that are outlined. So, yeah, start at the beginning. What do we need? What do we know that needs to happen right now, regardless of what I decide? What has to happen? What what can I not violate? What must be met as far as a condition? Well, everybody must receive cards and be dealt in. There must be either uh, two blinds or or anties and a bring-in, depending on whether it's border stud. Well, now that I've satisfied that, what can I do that will resolve the situation and satisfy those conditions so yeah don't make it difficult on yourself keep it keep it to the basics and when the basics run out that's when you obviously come up with the very complex solutions that that are necessary right but keeping simple things simple is is a lot of what we do (laughs) as tournament directors and, and poker supervisors
1: that makes sense well todd i appreciate you bringing that to our attention. Elliot, I appreciate your perspective, uh, as Thanks always. Sure. And if anybody else has a call the floor that they would like to know how Elliot would rule, send it to podcast at anyupmagazine.com. Elliot, let's do it again next week. What do you say?
3: Thanks a lot, John. Let's do it.
0: Let's break it down with Hand of the Week.
1: We're back with another Hand of the Week. Patrick, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. The weather's been beautiful. I can't complain about that. So, hey.
4: Only bad thing is we have another 200 days until football. But you know what? That's okay. Because <laughs> baseball season's right around the corner. That's what I
1: was just going to really say. And we've
4: got another chance for, you know, Redemption. You know, we haven't made the Red Sox haven't made a single move in the offseason at all, except for hiring the front office, and that's about it. Um, so, you know, I mean, hopes are not high, but here we go.
1: Well, I I know we're talking poker here and, and this is off topic, but I am gonna mention the, the the Royals did nothing either, except for sign Bobby Witt Jr. to an eleven year contract, so he's gonna be around for a while. And they announced yesterday that they are definitely building their new stadium downtown. So,
4: well, that's what you wanted, wasn't it?
1: Kind of. I mean, I, I like it being in the middle of that. I just, I love their stadium. It's a beautiful stadium, yeah. but they're planning on putting a billion dollars into that of their own money, which means wow. that we will not have a team again for a very long time. <laughs>
4: so when the grandkids get old enough to go to games by themselves they might be good again exactly exactly all right (laughs) well
1: enough baseball talk for now yeah exactly enough baseball let's let's bring in you know our hand of the week each week is brought to you by jackpot digital and their jackpot blitz electronic tables i mean what more can we say really they've been redefining the way we think about poker at the tables it's fast. There's no dealer mistakes. We don't have to tip the dealer. We can play side games. And I just saw that they are expanding even more. They just signed a deal nice. to, uh, they actually just announced this yesterday. They just signed a deal to install the tables at Acropolis Lounge in Jamaica. Ho,
4: ho, ho. So Bring on the Caribbean.
1: I'm sure if they want, you know, you and I to go check these out make sure that they're running up to standards you know book the flight we'll be there
4: (laughs) my hands my hands are up um i you know what i'll even one-up you on that one i'll get myself there just put me up and let me test it out i'll be a great brand ambassador i will get people we'll be good to go and then once we sit them down the tables will speak for themselves so we'll good.
1: exactly (laughs) (laughs) i love it all right, well, this week's Hand of the Week is uh, sent in by Dylan Wagner, and right. he's playing his local home game this week, so I love cool. these. We haven't had a home game in a while. No, we haven't. They're playing 50 Cent, $1, and they've either been playing for a while, or he bought in just big off the bat, because he has 200 in his stack, Ooh. and it says, Villain has us covered, so I... Ooh. Yeah.
4: Yeah, you're right either they've been playing for a while and the two of them are raking it in or um <laughs> we bought in a little little high a little, little quick
1: yeah so in this hand we have three limpers right out the gate which okay. checks out for home games and then we get to the <laughs> we get to the cutoff where the villain raises to uh three dollars okay and it folds to us we're in the small blind okay with the king of clubs king of spades royalty i love
4: it three dollars yeah i'm calling that
1: you're just gonna call
4: uh, yeah i don't know if it should be a raise or not but i don't uh, you know bill has got us covered i, I call's good enough
1: okay so my question was thinking about it is is that raise enough to get the limpers to fold?
4: And, my thought is yes. And so.
1: if so, then I can see just checking and playing a, playing a little bit uh squirrely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of tricky, but I still think you got to raise here just in case. I don't okay. I don't want to be playing against more than just heads up. I don't want to be playing against anybody else, so I'm probably going to make it ten dollars.
4: Okay. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, that's that's the other way to go about it. I mean, those are the two thought processes. It is is it high enough to get the limpers right? Out? You know, you're probably right, but you know, I don't know. What are guy do?
1: Dylan raises to fifteen, so he was Oh,
4: okay. So he was definitely in your mindset. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he said, "Everybody else, get out of my pot." And under the gun calls. So we've got $33 in the pot, right?
4: Okay. Yep.
1: The flop is the 10 of spades, nine of spades, jack of clubs.
4: Well, you know what? I will tell you this one here and, and tell me if my thought process is wrong. But in this instance, it's, it's just us up heads up again. If you had, if we had called there, and one of the limpers or two of the limpers had come in with us, then this becomes even more scary oh, because yeah. then you're, not, you're playing so many others. I mean, I think that that's – for all the novices out there, let me speak for you for a second. This is the reason you do what Joe just did and what Dylan did is for this purpose right here, this kind of flop. But
1: yeah, 100%. Because now
4: you just need to make it out against him. So now what to do? Yeah, that's now the question. question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um my gut says check. <laughs> I knew, and it's a pretty strong gut feeling.
1: <laughs> I knew you were going to be like, I, I feel like we have to check here, and you're going to, and you were going to think that I would not, but I am going to check. I, I think that I, I just don't want to go to battle right here. I think that King Queen is in their range.
4: I think any of those I think 10s in hand, Jacks in hand, is well within range, too. I think my thought process in just a the check there is, yes, there's lots of things within range, but I also want to kind of try to make out what I'm thinking he's holding by seeing how he acts.
1: 100%. I'm in agreement. However, Dylan bets 15. So about, yeah, so about half pot come. under the gun calls. Cool. So now there's, what, 63 63 63. in the pot? And now the turn is the four of spades. (laughs) So let's let's review. (laughs) We have the ten of spades, nine of spades, jack of clubs, four of spades. King, queen got there. Seven, eight got there. Spades got there.
4: Tens have got us. Tens have got us. Jacks have got us. I don't think he's holding nines, but nines would have gotten us. That pretty much sums it up. Um, <laughs> if we're holding king of spades and king of clubs. You know, but our only saving
1: our only saving grace is we can make a flush.
4: If we can, I was j- yep just about to say, would love to see another spade there. Wouldn't mind that at all because I don't know that he's holding that. You know, I don't know what I don't know what I'm making him on, but I'm checking here. I mean, your best case scenario is he's holding queens. That, that, that makes makes sense and fits yeah. the narrative and that would be great, but this is um, hand of the week and I just don't see that happening because some, something's going to find a way to, to trick us up. Right. So,
1: yeah. And the scary thing I'm is, checking. yeah, I think I, I, I 100% agree I'm checking also. I think that the question that I'm asking myself now without knowing where we go is, if I check and they bet, am I willing to make the call? And my first, my initial thought was, yeah, because we can make that. It's the second nut flush. Yep. But if that pairs the board, then we're still possibly in trouble. So
4: um, anything, at least for me, anything to answer your question, yes, I'm checking here and I'm calling with anything less than like a three quarter pot. If it's a half pot again, I'm good. If it's three quarters, you know, I'm probably sitting there and thinking about it. You know, if it's over, three quarters are over, then I'm probably, you know, nice hand, see ya, let's play again. Because, you know, at that point, I mean, we're we're getting into our stack pretty good with what is turning into a long shot, hope, prayer, hail, mary, y'all, you know, whatever word terminology you want to use. So that's where I'm at. Check if it's a half pot rate or bet that I'm in. If not, then see ya.
1: Yeah. I agree. Dylan bets sixty dollars. So he almost went full pot.
4: Dylan is not thinking what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> He's feeling very good about his kings.
1: Uh, um yeah. wow. I, this is I, I honestly, Dylan, I think this is a case of you you see you're focused on your own hand and not focused on your opponent or the board. You feel like and and i've done this before too where you just you go oh i mean i've got pocket kings and nothing over nothing you know an ace didn't come so i'm i'm good
4: yeah but, and now i've got a flush draw you know with yeah. the second best flush and you know yeah i mean it happens i and you know maybe they have been playing for a little while maybe they haven't but you know it gets in you know just kind of going and sees sees a lot more of his hand than anything else yeah. Now I'm real curious. What did the villain do? I'm assuming he just called, right? That'd be the that'd be the play. They
1: did. They just called yeah, also.
4: We're, I feel like Dylan's being set up. I feel for <laughs> it already. All right. What's, what's what's the river?
1: Does that put 183 in the pot? Is that right? It would so be 120,
4: 120. 183.
1: Yeah. Yep. So, also, that should give us only like 110 behind, right? Yeah, we don't have much left. And the river is? Give me a king. The... Seven of clubs.
4: See ya. I mean, it is check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was that was an auto correct in my brain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. Now any eight beats us. This that's I mean it's just gross, but I'm I'm definitely done with the hand that I check, and fold to any bet.
4: Yeah, pretty much. I mean I I, I think if, if you're sitting here you're making you're making the villain out to like I'm making that he had tens or jacks, that's my thought, and he just loved the fact that we bet every time. That's my guess.
1: Yeah, I'm those that definitely makes sense. King Queen, I think, is definitely in his range. I don't know. I mean he could have seven eight suited and flop the world.
4: Uh yeah.
1: So Dylan shoves for his last 110, did we say? Yeah. He shoves, and under the gun, snap calls, turns over. Oh, my God. I called it. (laughs) I called it. 7-8 7-8 of spades. (laughs) So he flopped the straight.
4: The straight, then hit the flush, and then just sat back and counted chips.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh.
4: It is crazy though. You know what? And truly in Dylan's def- defense, I don't know what the you know thought process or the question was that, that you know he might have, and, and I'm looking forward to it. But it is funny how you can see a hand when you're in the moment truly playing and either just a quick lack of focus or you just get like, you know hung up on, hey, this is great, um, and how quickly it can turn on you. And that's a great, great example of that
1: yeah absolutely yeah you've got to definitely be able to switch gears in a hand right when you see when you see the the board shaping up like this you've got to be able to say okay wait <laughs> why do i need to put more money in here what are they looking at what could they possibly have Yep. i think you know on this one we both checked on the flop i could understand You put a bet out on the flop like Dylan did, but by the river, I mean, we're really, the only thing we're beating on the river is a bluff. Yeah. So. Or Queens. Yeah.
4: (laughs) That's, that was my only hope. You know, let me just say this too, and I'm, I'm assuming you agree with me, but you can tell me if I'm, you know, wrong or not. For everyone out there, you know, all of our listeners, you know, novice to pro and everything in between. You and I get to sit here, and we know one of two things. Either it was a, you know, a really rough beat or got beat up, and we want to know where we went wrong to kind of learn from it, or it was a really good win, and, you know, did you go that way? So, like, we're coming – we're looking at hands very differently. Like, when you and I sit back every week and get to do this. So, you know, I don't want to take away from it because, I mean, I can be sitting at this table and, you know – Not having getting you know gotten cards in a few hands, or you know maybe I did, and I'm on a run, and this is a heat check, and I've got kings, and I'm like, time to take the villain down. And the next thing you know, I'm sitting there just like Dylan, and I'm writing into to to us and going, where did I go wrong? Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) it's just so just to you know to validate everyone else out there. I mean, you can look at a hand a very different way and whatnot. So
1: it's true. It's true. We're we're kind of playing these in a vacuum, right? Yeah and they definitely don't occur in a vacuum. These hands are played out after you've sat there, like you said, card dead for a while, or villain has been just getting you to fold hands all night and maybe even properly, right? Yeah. And it just eventually you're like, I can't do it anymore. (laughs) Keep on that
4: one. I finally got a hand. I'm taking you down. Yeah. Oh, that's a rough one. Yeah,
1: and that tunnel vision is tough, you know, when it it happens in poker. But, Dylan, we both feel for you. Uh, But, I mean, I appreciate you sending that in. And, of course, if anyone has a hand of the week that they would like Patrick and I to break down, send it to podcast at com. And let's do it again next week. What do you think?
4: Sounds good to me. Cheers to that. I'll talk to you guys next week.
0: Stop for Joe's. One
1: outer. let's talk about tilt for a minute we all listen to strategy we all listen to pros and even people like me making videos talking about the long game you know don't let yourself go on tilt because in the end you want them to make that play <laughs> Yeah, but that doesn't change the fact that I just lost $300 and I want to go jump off a bridge and I want to drag that guy with me. I mean, that's the reality, right? We're not robots. We're not emotionless. It's going to creep in. That's that's just the way it is. We watch Helmuth explode. And a few years ago, people gave Negrano a hard time because he threw a selfie stick at a wall on his way out of the poker room. That's real, though. It's true. It's absolutely true. The better you can hold on to your emotions and overcome those things, the better things will be at the poker table. But it's unrealistic to think that's going to be the case all the time. I mean, what, what are you going to say? Just like, don't feel that emotion? That's not possible. I actually think you have to go through those feelings. Not all the time. But sometimes you just have to let yourself go through the anger and the thoughts that you want to give up the game. And of course, hey, if, if that's not you, great. Happy for you. If you can always look at things as the long game, great. But I'm just telling you, a lot of us, we play a session and we want to win that session. Or get get unstuck in that session then you get stacked by some guy playing 7-3 offsuit because July 3rd is his birthday or something. You're gonna lose your mind occasionally because like I said, I mean, we're not machines, but I guess my advice is let yourself experience it. I mean, not at the table and not at that guy, but take a walk and be angry. Go to the car and yell. The truth is, we all have the fundamentals in our brain. We know what we should be doing, but it's hard to execute when all of that other noise is swirling around in there. So experience the range of emotions. Then when you're ready, when, when you're truly ready, not just calmed down, but ready to have a clear mind and be reset, go back and play. Maybe that's after a few hours. Maybe that's the next day. Maybe that's the next week. or Take a month off if you need to. Whenever it is, give yourself that time. That's today's One Outer, and that's today's show. I'll see you next week, A-Team. And until then, I'll see you at the tables.
0: The Annie Up Podcast is a production of AnnieUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at anyupmagazine.com or call the show at 540-339-7741. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to editor at anyupmagazine.com.